0: So I attempted to make our Zoom recording available from the last episode.
1: Had a little trouble with the passcode, though. But it looks like you got that all straightened out.
0: Yeah, kind of. I went back to this newsletter. I left it in a comment. I put it in the newsletter because I thought when I put the link, it would include the passcode. But my bad, it didn't.
1: <laughs> Apparently not. So the other cool thing is that we got all you got all of our episodes now on YouTube. Yes, if you prefer
0: to quote unquote listen on YouTube. And a lot of people, they say YouTube is the number two search engine used in the world. So every episode is loaded up there now. So if that's your choice, it's just a static image, but it is another way to listen to us. And I checked and this week's episode was the first one that kind of automatically launched
1: and it's Mm -hmm. there. It looks good. I'm always amazed at how well YouTube works. Are you going to share any more Zoom recordings? Because we had several people reach out, even though the passcode didn't work.
0: Yeah, I, I looked, and actually, we had we've had four people view it. Wow. So it doesn't. I mean, it's really just I have to copy and paste the link into the newsletter. So you know what? It, if we look good, and I think we look okay. My hair is okay; it's not great. And you look- you look good. You're going
1: to the shrine today, so yeah, I have to go work today. So I'm dressed up anyway. Sort of. Sounds like a plan. So I think we look good today, too. And I think we should get this episode started. Please do. Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Dean Ash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden an acre and a half out of seven and a half acres out in the country.
0: And I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. I have a suburban garden measured in square feet. It's about a third of an
1: acre. We call ourselves Garden angelists because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening and we want you all to love it too.
0: Yes, we do. And we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when, where. Let's move on to this week's episode. Hello, Dee.
1: Hello, Carol. Did you do anything in your garden this week at all?
0: I did. What did you do? So you remember my fungus nap problem that I alluded to at the end of last week's episode?
1: Yes, the little beasties.
0: So I ended up, I cleared out all the microgreens. They were kind of getting overgrown anyway. Cleaned up all the containers. I got little empty yogurt cups with apple cider vinegar in them with little aluminum foil tops with holes punched in them. Still getting some. And so I eyed that amaryllis planter that I bought at Costco. And I thought, I think you are the culprit. And even though it had a couple of blooms, I marched that thing out to the compost pile this morning. Bye bye. And when I Bye-bye. tipped it over and then I looked back into the planter, I can see those little white, I think they're n- called nymphs. I n- didn't look that up for fungus yeah. gnats. And I thought, you are the bad boy. And if you weren't the bad boy, you or at least were like setting up One a condominium them. community for them. <laughs> so, anyway, but the good news is. So,
1: that brings us to something important about overwintering plants and oversummering plants. And I get asked the question because I grow so many amaryllis, I get asked the question over and over and over again do I oversummer them and then try to get them to rebloom for winter? I get asked this so much that I actually have a pat answer. And I just copy and paste. And my pat answer is sometimes, <laughs> because the truth is they do attract fungus gnats, as do many plants, right? There's right. not any drainage in most pots for amaryllis, which also makes them a little more moist and crowded and attracts those beasties. And on top of that, sometimes I oversummer them. And then when I bring them in and do the whole closet thing, which is a lot of work, they still don't bloom. So my newest thought is no. And I threw all of mine away. I have one. I think I have one left. No, I have two. I have two left right now. One's in the house and one's in the greenhouse. And they're both going to go too, because I I have, I don't want to say better things to do, but I have more things. How about well, that?
0: Well, I have the two amaryllis that our friend Casey Elder Peters, who does our website, sent us. And- mm-hmm. I, those are in the bathroom and I, I had put, I thought I was so clever to take some of the moss off the one from Costco and put it around that, make it all decorative. I noticed fungus gnats on that. That's what kind of made me think, hmm. And anyway, so I cleared the moss off that this morning. I've got a little container of the apple cider vinegar right there. And so there's, I think I'm going to get those. I threw away that moss and I'm going to let that dry out. That amaryllis has got two big buds, but as soon as it's done blooming, it is, I'm not going to keep it.
1: But but yeah. I have
0: a bunch of old amaryllis that I just keep in the sunroom, and I just they just have foliage, and every once in a while, one of them will decide to bloom. And I oh, yeah. so anyway, and you
1: say thank you and go thank on, right? You.
0: Right. But the really exciting news oh the really I exciting see your news weather no. is that no. it? well is- I have listed all my seeds in a spreadsheet, and it was an eye opening an eye opening exercise because. I suddenly, and well, you know what? Well, let's just do an episode next week and talk about what kind of seed craziness we've got going on for our vegetable gardens. Sounds good. Let's talk about crazy weather, though. Zero degrees yeah. on Sunday in the morning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: High of 54 the other day. Been raining almost yep. all the week. I'm out there looking for lawn crocuses in bloom. Gosh. Just in case. But
1: just that's enough. Case. Enough of me. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, let's see what's happening in mine. Okay. So I just got all of my seeds put away, except for my John Sheeper's seeds came in and we can talk about that next week, more of that. And I'm actually writing a blog post about all the seeds I bought for spring and it's just about finished. And I went in and I would finish today, but as you put in earlier, I've got to go to the shrine in the rain, which we are meeting indoors. Thank goodness. Cause it's supposed to start raining here about noon. And rain all day long. And that's good, except that the ground is already really wet. But we're we're really wet right now. We're having kind of a mud season, like Kathy does up in New York.
0: Yeah, we, we definitely are having some mud right now. But anyway, let's talk, we don't normally let's talk about favorites. favorites. But before we do, Dee, what's in your teacup? I mm. see you're drinking. Just good old Queen Anne tea. It's delicious. So I have a mason. I have a Choice Organics Mandarin Ginger Herbal Tea I bought yesterday at the store. It is delicious.
1: Yeah. It's delicious. Not much into flavored teas, Mm. but I'm impressed. That one sounds good. I like mandarin oranges, it's very good. All right. So, what's your favorite? So, to do that blog post, I went back through some videos and photos to grab some shots. And I noticed two things that I really, that struck me. And one was I really love growing turnips. I know I've talked about it before, but turnips, it's a whole different animal if you grow it in your garden and harvest them when they're young, like about that big, which if we do the Zoom, people will know how big that is. What would you say? Ping two inches, ball. maybe? Ping pong ball. Ping pong ball. Perfect. The ping pong ball. They're fabulous. And they're fabulous if you just steam them with butter. They're fabulous roasted. They're just fabulous. I also like to grow radishes and radishes are really good cooked too, which I didn't know for years. And they're very mild if you cook them. So they're, those are a favorite. And then I'll probably sow them this week outdoors because we're at the end of January. And sometimes I wait until the end of February but I think I'm going to sew them a little earlier this year just to see what happens. And then the other thing was, I found a screenshot of that Instagram post from Windfall Flowers way back at the beginning of September or end of August that made me fall in love with yellow and cream zinnias. And so I have a whole, I went nuts and bought like a lot of that color. I couldn't buy them from her because I think she's in Canada. I may have that wrong because I follow a lot of people on Instagram, but a lot of Zinnia people. And so anyway, I was able with my friend Jennifer, who is Ladybug Flowers, to kind of replicate the mix by buying individuals. And so I'm going to do a post on that, too. And All right. I will but, 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 to but, but post well, in the newsletter. Back up. What?
0: Are you telling me you just recently ordered these seeds? No, I ordered them
1: back in October or November. Okay,
0: because I didn't want to say, "D, you've really bought a lot of zinnia seeds. Did you need more? So I'm pleased to know that it was just a reminder of what you had bought last fall.
1: All right, you can carry it. And it made me very happy. See? Okay. Playing favorites. There you go. Okay,
0: what is yours? So my favorite this week is over the weekend, I put together one of those book nooks, which is like mm-hmm. a little room that you tuck into a bookshelf and it's got little lights and stuff. And... So cute. It's so cute. It came out really nice. But the two lights, there's like a little lamp and a little ceiling light, which are little LEDs. I got them to light up like twice. And I I think there's something wrong in the little box. It won't keep the batteries connected. So
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's on my shelf.
0: It's very cute. And the one I picked out was a little greenhouse room. And so it's got little plants and gardening books and... It's and a little shovel and a little spade, and it's really cute. So it's that was like my favorite. like a
1: little favorite. 3D puzzle, right? Yeah. I put a reel
0: out on yeah. Instagram. I'll link to that so people can see what it looks like. Cute. All right, I'm going to do a quote and take us into flowers. All that we behold is full of blessings, William Wood- Wordsworth. <laughs> I can't say his name. How, how did you go around your whole life with your last name being Wordsworth?
1: And And your first name, William, (laughs) that would be hard. Okay, so our flower this week, it's the year of the Buddleia, and we got that from National Garden Bureau, right? I say Buddleia. Oh, well, I don't know how it's pronounced. And what's more, I don't care. I'm going to say Buddleia. Okay, sounds good. And so
0: the first thing everybody's going to think of, especially if you live in Oregon or the state of Washington, is, oh, my God, that's invasive. And I looked on a map, and actually, there's a lot of places on the East Coast where they're claiming that it is invasive. And so people are like, oh, you cannot grow that. It's invasive. Hold on, people. National Garden Bureau is an excellent organization. And they would in no way, shape, or form say the National Trub is invasive. Right.
1: So, because they have varieties now which do not produce seed. That's and they were working on that mm, 10 years ago. Right. I remember. Because we actually went out and visited those places and we would see a budlia in the garden and we would go and people would say, Oh my gosh, no, we shouldn't have that in here. You know, so they've created some now that are supposed to be non invasive. I'll say this about that. So sometimes, and I have one, and they're not invasive in Oklahoma at all. In fact, I think they can be a little tough to grow here. They will poop out after like three or four years. And for the life of me, I cannot grow any of the low and behold blue chip ones. I just can't. I've I've tested them for them. I've tried and tried. And I just don't have the right, I don't hold my mouth right, I guess.
0: So I have but, I have one, lo and behold, and I've had it for about ten years, but I started out with six of them and I was I'm down right. to one. And I don't think you can even mine is Lo and Behold Blue Chip, proven winners. And it's it's really lovely, the one that I have left. They actually sell one now called Lo and Behold Blue Chip Junior because smaller. not only are they making them small, but they're making them smaller.
1: Yeah, smaller. And so here, I think one of the problems we run into with them is that they we have those crazy freezes in the winter, and I think they never get fully hardened off, and then they get clobbered, at least. And I have one out there right now that I bought last spring and put next to my, when I did Color Crush, and I was going to look it up and I forgot to, but it doesn't matter because there's a bunch of them out there. What I was going to say is, remember when the Bradford pear was thought to be You know, didn't produce seed and everything. And then it mated with the calorie pear. And now we have stupid pear trees everywhere in the woods. Even though they try really hard to create things that don't revert back or don't seed or whatever, occasionally it does happen. So I say if you live in an area where they're a problem, talk to somebody who's really knowledgeable first about the genetics. Yeah. A, a tip for how invasive they can be
0: on the national garden bureau website. They talk about how it once was known as bombsite bush because it was known to thrive in very tough environments. And in post-World War II Europe where they just decimated some areas, the Buddleia was known for springing to life amid debris, offering communities a sign of hope. Hmm. That should tell you. So there, <laughs> Yes. They're hardy to zones I think zones five through nine roughly and here's here's the thing you you should plant it in the spring so that it gets good root establishment well before fall right and then if you're concerned about it being invasive or whatever, it would be easy to snip off the flowers and throw them away in a plastic bag
1: you know what I mean yeah don't put them in your compost. Yeah. Put them in the trash yeah. and in the trash in such a way that they don't, you know. But they
0: they they will produce a tiny amount of seed. And I saw on the Proven Winter site they tested the viability of some of the seeds on some of these varieties, and they were getting like two percent would germinate.
1: So these are not very viable seeds at no, all. They're not. So it's up to you if you want to plant one. They are beautiful, butterflies do love them. Butterflies look really good, photographed on them. I will say that butterflies also like a lot of native plants. That is very true. I will also say this.
0: Almost 100% of the budlias I've grown, and I've grown maybe five different varieties. Me too. I'd say 100% of them in my garden, which now I'm 6B, with was 6A, 5B, whatever. They were root hardy only. So I always cut off the growth huh. and let it spring back from the roots every year. Interesting. And- It does a couple of things. Number one, it rejuvenates the plant, keeps it smaller, and I felt like I got more blooms. And by the way, if you keep deadheading as they
1: bloom, they'll keep blooming. Yeah, they will. They will. They don't. In fact, yeah, they just bloom and bloom and bloom. So that's why people love them, and I can see why.
0: Now, two last things to say. Mm -hmm. Don't look at the National Garden Bureau site if you don't want to see Gold Drop, which has golden foliage and that one looks really pretty and if you're into gold foliage or you want to stand out something
1: that like glows in the garden gold drops your gold drops your shrub people from Oklahoma i have a feeling gold drop won't like it here just only a few things like sun and our gold foliage here few shrubs Sorry. i think it
0: would like it here but i i think it would probably. i think i would end up cutting it back every year probably and then The last thing I was going to say, I cannot remember because, you know, I'm getting older like that. You were going to talk about the fact that they call it summer lilac, but it has no scent. That's what I was going to say. It's in the show notes. I should go back to the show notes. Yeah. To get around that, because everybody in Oregon and Washington knows that buddleia is invasive. Don't plant buddleia. So they market it as summer lilac, which I don't know if that's deceptive or what. Mm -hmm. It is not a lilac. And it would never have the scent of a lilac. And the flowers are kind of lilac-like. But anyway. Well, I think you the best advice you had was, if you're in those areas, go talk to somebody who knows what they're doing in those areas. Mm -hmm. Here, treat it like it's, I think, like a woody perennial. Cut it back to the ground every year in the spring.
1: Yeah. And if you want some tips on other plants that butterflies like, go to my blog because I have several. I mean, I have several posts on You'll that. have to give me a link, Dee. Well, actually, I'll have to give myself a link. Well, you too. I'll have to give us both a link because I'm writing the newsletter and you're writing the it's show It's just notes.
0: gotten awfully complicated now. It hasn't? has. It has. Let's move on. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work.
1: <laughs> a Gardener's Best Tool is the Knowledge from Previous Seasons. And that's by Andy Tomalonis. And thank you, Andy. I would have to agree. I have no idea who you are, but I agree with you. The more you know, the more you know. Yep. Vegetables. We're going to do uh, two more catalogs. And you're going to start with Baker Creek, the mini catalog. Oh, I'm doing Baker Creek. I thought you the were. The mini one. I thought I was doing John yeah. Sheepers. Do you want me to do Baker Creek? Because I have it. No, I'll do Baker Creek. I'll just talk about
0: Baker Creek in its entirety. Okay. So if, if you're ever looking for... Weird varieties or unusual varieties. Baker croup heirloom seed is your place to go. Mm-hmm. They have pretty much everything I would think mm-hmm. and they they have a free catalog and it's a much slimmed down version of their offerings. It is in no way shape or form complete. Mm-mm. The best way to shop Baker Creek is to go to their website because and it be maze. <laughs> or you go to the newsstand to the bookstore, and the whole seed catalog, $14.95. Mm-hmm. I saw it at Barnes and Noble. It's about an inch thick and it's got everything. And here, here's a tip. If you buy it, you don't you don't need to buy that catalog every year. Mm-mm. They do add new varieties every year, but it's simple to go to the website and click show me your new varieties. And most of them are highlighting those. Yes. And then you can use that whole seed catalog for several years before you feel like, it's either going to fall apart or you need to replace it. But Baker Creek, often you cannot
1: find it anywhere. Baker Creek has it. And if you go online, it's rareseeds.com. It's not under Baker Creek. I mean, you can search Baker Creek and you'll get rareseeds.com. And I don't know why they have a separate thing, probably because they got their URL a long time ago. And they've had several iterations over time, too, because they bought Comstock. Um, they've they've done a lot of different things over the years. I don't own the whole seed catalog anymore because I'll just go online and look it up. I'm not paying $14.95 for it.
0: The other thing is they have free shipping across the U.S. It's right on their website, which is kind of, if you're going to buy a lot of seeds, shipping can really, boy, it can be expensive. Shipping's outrageous right now. <laughs> So anyway, that's rareseeds.com, Baker Creek. If you've never seen that whole seed catalog, at least go to the
1: bookstore, the newsstand and check it out. You'll be amazed. So that takes us to our second one, which is John Sheeper's Kitchen Garden Seeds. And it is kitchengardenseeds.com, I think. Let me look it up just to be sure because yeah, kitchengardenseeds.com is their website. So John Sheepers is well known for bulbs. They're not, I don't think they're as well known for their kitchen garden seeds, and yet they have some really great ones. And I get the catalog every year because I buy their I buy bulbs from them almost every year. I like their quality of bulbs. And also Van Engelen. Is their wholesale site. So sometimes I buy from them. Right. It depends on how many I need. All right. So again, their stuff is also weird. I mean, and by that I mean the best thing ever, right? Because I love weird. And weird in the garden is one of my favorite things. They do focus mostly on vegetable seeds. And then if you go like they've got, let's see, 11 varieties of eggplant. Eleven. That's a lot. They've, that's that's a lot. They've got like six, seven, seven varieties of kale. And they also sell the little kalettes, which were a hot thing last year. They have a lot of onions. You can buy both onion sets or onion seeds. They have shallots, garlics, leeks, lots of peppers. I mean, peppers have just exploded. Don't you think, Carol? They have. There's just so many varieties out there. So many. And people are more interested in peppers in the United States than they once were. And so now we can get peppers. I remember when you could just get bell peppers and now you can get, you know, sweet Italian frying peppers and you can get lots of spicy peppers and all different levels of spice. But they have a lot and they also have a lot of potatoes. But one thing I wanted to focus on is that they have... I'm a whole section on festive fall accents, where you can grow things like money plant, or ornamental corn, or ornamental kale, or gourds. So they're getting into the direction, the decorations for fall. And then they have a lot of herbs, and they they list them both medicinal and also ornamental, ornamental. And then you get to the flowers, and there's lots of different flowers. But one in particular was I was thinking about. And I need to look at my notes just to be sure. I was thinking about Dusty Miller, okay? And I am not a huge fan of Dusty Miller. In fact, there's an old blog post where Kale, what Kale, oh my goodness, Claire fell in love with Dusty Miller. This is how old that post is. Claire was a little bitty kid and she's now 24 Uh or 25, something like that. Anyway, and I was talking about how much I hate Dusty Miller, but because she loved it, we planted it. However, there is a Dusty Miller I really do love. And that one's called Silver Dust. And the only places I know of that you can find Silver Dust, I think it's seeds, is Kitchen Garden Seeds, John John Sheepers. And also you can find it at Johnny's Johnny's selected seed. They have it too. So those that's it's a great little catalog. If you've ever bought anything from them, they send it to you. It's pretty. They have a new section like everybody else. What else do you want to hear about it? Anything?
0: Well, I'm looking at my version and I would say this is not full of glossy colored pictures. They no. have some line drawings in here. A few of them are colored in. But they do, which is very nice. They do tell you how many seeds approximately you're gonna get in a packet, which is nice to know because if you if it's not very many seeds, maybe you're gonna to have to buy two packets, that kind of thing. So sure. It is nice that they do that. And I just found two tomato varieties that I thought the other day after I listed my seeds, I'm like, oh, I need red currant
1: and I need sun dipper. And they have both of them. There you go. And I need, I'm looking for, I just thought of it because you said that. I'm looking for a cherry tomato that is extremely sweet, like the sugar bombs, and I have yet to find it yet. So we'll see. They also have a, they have, a, I mean, they have unusual stuff. Like they have ground cherries, celeriac, they have a lot of things. So... Kind of a fun catalog, fun to go through. I just bought, I'll show you all the seeds I bought. That And I repeated some, which is funny. Look at all this, Carol.
0: So D is now holding up for those of you who won't watch this video, because I might not show it. A, there's like a dozen seed packets in her hand because that's crazy.
1: Because I'm crazy. But and I'm pretty excited about the turnips de Moulin Rouge. Actually, it's Milan Rouge. They've spelled it differently. So, and I know how I, I know how this happened. It was because I was gonna grow those little lettuce heads for Bill. And then I got yes. into the Dang website, and the next thing I know, bam, bam, bam.
0: Well, and I just I need red onion seeds too, and they have red onions. So <laughs> as soon as we finish this episode, never mind. <laughs> Let me do the next quote. You may have tangible wealth untold, caskets of jewels and coffers of gold. Richer than I, you can never be. I have a mother who read to me.
1: Strickland Gilliland. True that. Yeah, my grandmother read to me. And that's why I love to read. I think it's because of her. So on our bookshelf, I have the book this week. And it is called Beautifully Said. And I'm holding these up in case we do the deal. Beautifully Said, quotes by remarkable women and girls designed to make you think. And it is actually... I think it's just edited and it's put out by, it says, "quota a bell, which get it like quote a bull, but a female. And it came out through Fortro Press, which is one of our favorite people that we do a lot of reviewing books for because they send them to us. But there cool. are just some wonderful things in this. It's on one side is the quote. And on the other side, it tells you about the person. So it's really, really cool. Like, here's one. Don't sit down and wait for opportunities to come. Get up and make them. That's by Madam C.J. Walker. And she was a cosmetics entrepreneur. And she was also the daughter of slaves. And so it has a little history of her. And she started a world-famous cosmetic brand with $1.50 in startup capital and door-to-door sales of her own hair care formulas. Isn't that fascinating? That is. Anyway, it's just really, really cool.
0: I pulled up bookshop.com. Org because I'm like, I might need that on my bookshelf. And they say the publisher is a company called Rock Point. I wonder if that's an imprint of Quarto. It might be. I just looked
1: at the little deal on the inside and it said Quarto Press. 2017 is when it came out. And it, yes, Rock Point is an imprint of the Quarto Group as of 2017. Ah. So one more quote The pleasures of the table and of life are infinite, toujours. Bon appetit. Who said that? Julia Child. Julia Child. And so it tells a little bit about her and how, but see, here's what makes it cool. It doesn't just tell her, say that she's a chef, it says World War II intelligence officer because she was. Yes. Cookbook author and foodie icon. Isn't that cool? foodie icon that is and so it tells more about the women than just what they're basically known for anyway i really think it would be a really great mother's day gift or a gift to some woman in your life for her birthday i really do and and by the way d yes
0: there are other titles in that series oh grit and grace find your glow feed your soul follow your bliss find your calm and hello
1: gorgeous I like it. You know what it is? It reminds me of chicken soup for the soul. Remember those books? There yes, was just like I chicken do. soup for every soul that I ever thought about having a soul. So that book is a it's a short one and it's beautifully said quotes by remarkable women and girls designed to make you think. Shall I do that? Excellent next quote. Yes. The answer is never the answer. What's really interesting is the mystery. To seek mystery, evoke mystery, plant a garden in which strange plants grow and mysteries bloom. And that's by Ken Kesey, which I'm really surprised that Ken Kesey wrote that quote, but okay. (laughs) I don't even know who that is. So he was a writer and I want to make sure I'm getting him right because I am so bad with names. But Ken Key's, yes, it's exactly who I thought it was. He was an American novelist, essayist, and countercultural figure. So he saw himself as a link between the beat generation of the 50s and the hippies of the 60s. And he wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which I actually have read. I have not just watched the movie. So it, I, I'm surprised. I wouldn't have thought he was a gardener, but maybe he was using the metaphorical. In any event, he's Right. It is the exciting part, the mystery. So that brings us to our dirt. It is very mysterious. It is so in my in my feed, news
0: feeds and different things. It keeps coming up that the seven, the thirteen year and the seventeen year cicadas are both coming out this year, and that's like some big rare event that happens once every two hundred some years. And so right. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, we're, we're there's going to be billions of these things all at once because the 13-year and 17-year, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We They do hibernate in the ground for 13 years or 17 years, but we do
1: see them most years. And so why is it a big I deal? I see cicadas every year. So, So you went and looked up some more information on it, and I thought that was pretty impressive. So
0: I'll tell you two things. Cicadas are grouped into roughly 15 broods. There are 12 Mm -hmm. broods of 17-year cicadas, three broods of 13-year cicadas. Each brood comes up in a different year. So if you live in an area with cicadas, like I do and you do, Mm -hmm. you rarely Mm -hmm. have a summer without them. Right. And then there are also annual cicadas that come out every year, which, of course, I see those all the time.
1: I do too. So why is this? Like, otherwise, otherwise, cicada killers wouldn't have anything to eat. Yes.
0: So, so well, I'm okay, gonna going to link to an NPR article because I was trying to find one where it's like somebody that cited resources. Right. And here's the kicker. While the two broods this spring will mostly be separated by time and place, so it's not like one day they both come, they will open, overlap for several weeks in Illinois. Oh. And according to this this guy who's an entomologist and he says this overlap could result in some Illinois residents hearing all seven species of the two broods and not, that's where I got confused. There's seven species of the two broods all singing their cacophonous <laughs> mating calls together, but it's an extremely rare opportunity for the 13 year and the 17 year to accidentally cross breed, which could produce a new brood and not uh, know. It's a big deal in the insect world. That's all I've got to say. Oh,
1: the entomologists are all a Twitter, aren't they?
0: <laughs> I don't know if they're all a Twitter, but they are certainly paying attention. All a-buzzin? Yeah. And there's a, there's a cicada <laughs> website, and I, I think we linked to this back in 2020, and it hasn't really been uh-huh. updated much since then. I forget what it is, like Cicada Watch or something like that. And it's where people would post where the cicadas were emerging. So anyway.
1: Yeah. The news is out there. And you know know what likes to eat cicadas as they emerge, right? Dogs? I'll tell you. Huh? No, what? No, copperhead snakes. Oh, my gosh. So in Oklahoma at nighttime, because they tend to emerge more, it seems like, in the evenings, on the snake page, the Oklahoma Snake Group, which is on Facebook or on YouTube, you can go look it up. There are tons and tons of videos of people showing copperheads going after the cicadas because they emerge from the ground and climb the tree, yeah, you know, and then you find their little deal, their little husk. Well, they are apparently caviar to caught co- did I sell them co- to copperheads, not cotton co- copperheads. So needless to say, I don't go out at night and stand beneath the tree and watch this. It's just not my thing. I, and one more thing about this that I thought of as you were talking. I was in North Carolina when the 17 year brood, I was actually in Asheville and oh. I was at the Biltmore house. And it is loud. It Very. is the loudest noise. My husband, because we hear cicadas all the time. But it's a different sound. And so we got out of the car and we were standing there with our kids, and it was like, "What in the heck is that noise?" And someone said, "Oh, that's the 17 year cicadas." And I thought, I guess you'd get used to it, but I find them kind of irritating. So I'm okay with the snakes eating cicadas. Uh, one, I don't want to and there.
0: then one last last thing is, people say, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh, they're going to ruin my garden." The only thing that I know that they really bother is if you have young trees with tender branches, that's where they like to lay their eggs. And so they can emerge from there, cause some die off of young branches on young trees. And so if you have just planted a bunch of young trees and you find yourself with a cicada brood emergence, a lot of people will then put a wrap or something around the tree to keep the cicadas off of it. That's the Uh only thing
1: I've seen. There you go. I've never seen them bother anything in my garden. I just find cicadas irritating in general because they're, I don't know if all broods are blind, but the ones that we see most often are the bi- the adults. And so they get startled and then they fly up in your hair or, you know. You'd be blind dogs too. dogs love
0: to eat them too. You spend all that time time in the ground, you'd be blind Under too. Under the
1: ground. Yeah. I know. I, I, I'm i not, answer- I mean, I just, you know, anyway. I'm going to do a quote, take us into rabbit holes. Sounds good.
0: Look at everything always as though you were seeing it either for the first time or last time. This is your time on earth filled with glory. And that is Betty Smith in A Tree Grows in
1: Brooklyn. Have you ever read that book? I have not. I read it last year with Well-Read Mom. I know it's people's favorite book. It was very depressing for a very long time. And it's somewhat autobiographical, but... It It is a good book. Rabbit Holes. You want me to do it or you? Go ahead. So my rabbit hole has been trying to find a certain variety of Yopon Holly called Dodds Select. I saw it over at the Arboretum that is in, I don't know the name of that park. It's the park on 33rd Street in Edmond. And they have an Arboretum from the any other time I can remember her whole name, but her last name was Boys, And she's she was a school teacher who left all of her money to the city. And the Oklahoma City Community Foundation goes around planting arboretums in her name. Okay, cool. so I walk over there. And when I walk over there, I see a bunch of cool trees, especially in the wintertime. And this Dodd Select is the most beautiful Yopon Holly I've ever seen. And I will include a picture of it in the newsletter. And if anybody has a line on it, or can find it please send me the link because i would actually pay good money for one excellent that's it so i discovered three lost ladies
0: of garden writing because i got tipped off to a new resource for research and i did a little Mm -hmm. search for like this one garden lady up pops this article from the 1920s written by somebody of landscape or landscape architecture magazine and he lists all these books And it's from 1920. List all these books that are good resources. And I'm just like, oh, oh, there's a lady I didn't know about. There's a lady I didn't know about. So. Cool. Because I pulled out The
1: Little Kitchen Garden by Dorothy Giles or Giles. I want to read The Little Kitchen Garden. I think that would be by Dorothy Giles. I think that would be good. Yeah. Why say Giles? Do you say Giles? Because my stepmother's name is Karen Giles, but it could be Giles. Could go either way. And I started reading that.
0: Got some great tomato growing information. Wrote a blog post about that. But anyway, Mrs. Francis King, she, I I picture her as sort of like this mother hen who got all these women writers together to write that little garden series. So I, thought, I think she did too. If I'm going to post about them, I'll post about her first. And then next up is Dorothy and the Little Kitchen Garden. It it's a very interesting book. She's very
1: opinionated. Oh, I do love a good opinionated garden writer so you wrote a blog post called Grow, Tomato Growing Advice from 1920 what 26 I think that's Dorothy's advice. That's Dorothy's advice so we we need a link to that. All right so that takes us to garden Commissions. I'm going to sow onion seeds and broccoli indoors because I don't normally grow broccoli, but All-American Selections sent me a purple broccoli to try. So I'm going to try because maybe we'll have another cool spring. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. And then I'm going to start my turnips and my radishes outdoors this week, maybe. We're supposed to be in the 60s all week and we're going to be very wet and so it might be just the perfect time. And I'm probably going to put my sweet peas out there too. This is a little early, but for some reason I want to try it. So I won't put all my seeds out, but Lord knows I have a plethora. So I'll be okay. Really the precious ones are the broccoli because there's not very many. So I
0: we'll got see. some of those same broccoli seeds. I think I'll, I'll wait about a week or two after you to sow mine. Mm-hmm. But I am going to go ahead, now that I've identified the culprit of the fungus gnats, I think in a few days I'm going to go ahead and sow more seeds for microgreens, mm-hmm. tend all my houseplants, just kind of make sure that they're not getting infested. I do need to, quote unquote, finish buying my seeds. And like I, you know, John Sheepers has got three of the ones I need. So I bet you find more. Uh, maybe. Anyway. I'll rattle along. Now, Lego came out with a new botanical collections kit. This one is the Dozen Roses. Uh-huh. You're I'm, trying
1: to get me to buy it.
0: I was at Costco, and I, I always go by the books, and I thought, I wonder if they'll have any Lego kits. They had a whole palette of these rose kits. And I'm like, ooh, those are on sale. It would be wrong and not to buy it. And it was your
1: birthday. It was birthday week. It was your birthday. It was birthday week.
0: Birthday week before. That's right. Birthday week Happy after. birthday.
1: Birthday Everyone week. to tell Carol happy birthday.
0: So I got a, I went ahead and bought that. So I think I'll put that together this weekend. I'll take pictures and make another reel of it. I like to put things together. What can I say?
1: I do too, especially in the winter. And it was a big birthday.
0: Yes, I am now officially a senior citizen. I'm 65 and I go around asking, do you have senior discounts? Do you have a senior discount? What are you, you doing to help well. the elderly? Me. <laughs> All right. I think that's it, Dee. We've covered all of our topics. So I'm going to wrap this up or start the wrap Good up. Deal. Thank you for listening to the Garden Angeles. I hope you've hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single
1: episode. We publish every week on Wednesdays at 12 a.m. Eastern time. And if you live and da- listen to Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review. They do not make it easy for you because... One of our listeners who I dearly love, Sharon Lovejoy, she asked me this week and I was like, this is how you do it and it's not easy. But if you decide to do it, it helps us get noticed by others. Could you also share our podcast with your friends? Word of mouth is still the best way to get the word out there. And be sure and check out our show notes for links for more information about today's topics plus links to our own websites. And subscribe to our Substack newsletter, The Garden Angelus, at substack.com. Also linked to in our show notes. If you do, you get to listen to the podcast a day
0: early. And if you want to help support us, use those affiliate links. If you buy something after clicking through on them, we earn a small commission and it costs you nothing.
1: Or you're welcome to set up a monthly subscription through Sprout or make a one-time donation through PadPal. We really do appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who has done so. It was lovely to chat with all of you over the Garden Gate. Bye until next week. Bye, everybody.